السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين لا والحمد حسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد All praise and thanks is due to Allah Azza wa Jal Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His family, his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says وَتَوَلَّى عَنْهُمْ وَقَالَ يَا أَسَفَا عَلَى يُوسُفُ وَبْيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ فَهُوَ كَظِيمُ And he turned away from them and said Alas my grief for Yusuf and he lost his sight because of the sorrow that he was suppressing. So anhum. So he turned away from them. And many of the Mufassirun they explained because he did not know what to do. So this is referring to who? To Nabi Yusuf's father. And he realized that he won't get any sympathy from his sons, from the brothers there. So he turns away from them and he wants his privacy, he wants to be in seclusion. And he says to himself, Oh, woe to me, how my grief is for Yusuf. Meaning that he is yearning for his son, he wants his son. And the word Ya Asafa is like saying Ya Hasrata in Arabic. You are invoking the concept of grief. So you note, we notice that Ya is also received word that Biniyamin is not there as well. And also not just Biniyamin but the elder son. So both of them including Nabi Yusuf. So all three of them are now missing. And we discussed this last week. We said that all three of them were like his most beloved. So first Nabi Yusuf, that was the first one. And then was Binyamin, the second. And then the eldest son as well. So we find that his heart goes out to all of his sons. And also one must realize that this is 25 or 35 years ago. And yet he's still yearning to see Nabi Yusuf. He's still showing his love for Nabi Yusuf. And his eyes became white because of his sadness, because of his grief. So some of the ulama, they've interpreted this to mean that he became blind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but it seems that he wasn't totally blind. But rather it appears that his eyesight just became weaker and weaker and literally his eyes became white. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he describes Nabi Ya'qub alayhi salam as he has concealed 
and that he was withdrawn. Right? That he was concealed and that he was withdrawn. Also, that he protected himself by not showing his grief to the others. He never showed his grief to his sons, nor did he show his grief to other people. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, قَالُوا تَاللَّهِ تَفْتَأُ تَذْكُرُ يُوسُفَ حَتَّى تَكُونَ حَرَضًا أَوْ تَكُونَ مِنَ الْهَالِكِينَ So now the group of brothers, so they start to speak. So they say that, again, Tallahi, and we spoke about this a few times already. You will never cease remembering Yusuf. So now they're telling their father, you know what, dad, when are you even going to stop speaking about Nabi Yusuf? Until you became weak, or until you become weak with old age, or until you be of those people that have died, meaning until you die, you leave this world. So here we find that this is not one of the best ways. It's not one of the most politest ways to speak to their father. And this shows that none, or that not all of the brothers have reached the same level as their eldest brother. So not all of them have reached this level of tawbah, yani. Not all of them have reached this level of remorse. But some of them are still like, you know what? To their father, why are you still harping on this fact? Yusuf is gone. Move on with life. You are either going to get very ill or you're going to pass away. You're going to leave this dunya with this whole understanding or this whole thought of depression and of just wanting and yearning to see your son Yusuf. قَالَ إِنَّمَا أَشْكُ بَثِّي وَحُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَأَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Subhanallah. Again, he says to them, I only complain of my grief and my sorrow to Allah. And I know from Allah that which you do not know. Right? So I know that which you do not know. So this means that he didn't actually want their sympathy. Right? Nabi Yaqub, he didn't want their sympathy. He didn't want them to feel sorry for him. But rather, he says that I put my trust in Allah, meaning, or also that I complain to Allah. Innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. And this is a life lesson for all of us as well. That there's no need for us to complain to mankind. There's no need for us to go to this one, to go to that one, you know, um, life isn't good. The boss didn't pay me. Um, what, whatever it might be. We're having problems here. Complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because mankind, there's going to come a time where they will get tired of your complaints. There's going to come a time when mankind is going to think, you know what? This guy, whenever I see him, he complains. Whenever I see him, he wants something. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which mentioned in the hadith something to the effect of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gets upset 
when the slave doesn't ask him. Mankind, ask man once, he gives. Ask him twice, he gives you. Maybe third time, you'll be lucky. But after that, he will say, you know what, brother? Stop asking me. Why do you keep on? But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wants you to ask. Right? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and I mentioned this verse in our class on Monday night, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ When they ask you, O Muhammad, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ That when my slave asks you, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ then inform my slave that I am close to them. Ujibu da'wata da'i. That I answer the call of the caller. Right, so I answer the call of the caller. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer your calls. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us as well. Right, actually, I will share this hadith a bit later. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. So here also we find that Nabi Yaqub, he knows exactly why he's complaining. Right? This complaining to Allah is a sign of his iman. Also, right, he says that, وَأَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That I know from Allah that which you do not know. So many other Mufassirun, they say that, Nabi Yaqub, he knew, he had this feeling that Nabi Yusuf was alive. Ya Baniya, idhhabu fatahassasu min Yusufa wa akhihi, wa la tayasu min rawhillah, innahu la yayasu min rawhillahi illa al-qawmul kafirun. O oh my sons, Ya Baniya, O oh my beloved sons, go forth, go and inquire about Yusuf and about his brother, and never give up hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. For certainly no one despairs the mercy of Allah except who? The people of disbelief. Illal Kafirun, except those people that disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters, never give up hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter in what situation you might find yourself in. You might be in the darkest of darkest situations. You might feel that there is no way out. But know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way out for you. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ And whomsoever puts his trust in Allah, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make a makhraj. Right? From the word kharaja, to come out. 
there's going to be a way out for you. And here we see that the word ruh, right? He uses the word ruh, is from the same as ruh, because ruh it gives you spirit. So ruh is the saving and that which will save you from the stress that you are in and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we get ruh from the same verb because ruh it gives us a spirit, yani, an energy that we need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying never give up hope, never despair of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's savings, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَيْهِ قَالُوا يَا أَيُّهَا الْعَزِيزِ مَسَّنَا وَأَهْلَنَا الدُّرُّ وَجِئْنَا بِبِضَاعَةٍ مُزْجَاتٍ فَأَوْفِي لَنَا Right? فَأَوْفِي لَنَا الْكَيْلَ وَتَصَدَّقْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَجْزِ الْمُتَصَدِّقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says so when they entered, they said, O oh, noble minister, right? oh, speaking to who now? They still don't know who they're speaking to. But they're speaking to Nabi Yusuf. He knows who they are. They don't know who he is. So, O oh, noble minister, our families and ourselves are in a severe crisis. A hard time has hit us. A calamity has hit us. And we only have Managed to come with merchandise that is second rate, not very good, poor quality of merchandise. So give us what is worthy of this merchandise and give us extra charity. For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He rewards those people that gives charity. So now this is the third time, right? They are undertaking the same journey. From Canaan, of the, which is an ancient name of Philistine, to the land of Egypt. This is the third time they come in. Qala, hal alimtum ma fa'altum bi Yusufa wa akhihi idh antum jahilun. So who is speaking now? Now Nabi Yusuf is speaking. And he says that do you remember... Recall what you did with Yusuf and his brother while you are a jahil or while you were in jahil, in ignorance. So now Nabi Yusuf starts to reveal himself. Right? So now the plot changes. And this is what we've been waiting for. Right? We're waiting to get to the point where Nabi Yusuf says to them, Right? So why is he only revealing himself now? Why is it at the end of the story? Why not before? And the ulama, they say this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planned it such. Allah planned it that they need to reveal himself at this moment. So some says that it was because of a worldly gain, meaning that now Nabi Yusuf, he had an upper hand. Right? Nabi Yusuf, he had the upper hand. Correct? Remember, he was in a well. He was in prison. 
He was accused of zina. And what happens after this? We find that he later on gets what? Starts moving up in the rank. And to a point where he becomes the wazir, where he becomes the minister. Or he becomes the aziz, as many of the ulama have said. So now he has the upper hand. So now you have Nabi Yusuf, he says, or he reveals and he says, that do you not remember what you did to Yusuf? And what you did to his brother? When you people were ignorant, speaking to his brothers. Some books of Tafsir mention that he actually took off his robe that he was wearing. And he was still wearing some of the garments of his people underneath. To show them that who he actually is. Some ulama said that he even smiled with them in a friendly manner. For the first time being brotherly and not being the way of a king. Or being kingly. Or being a minister. Showing them who he really was. Qalu. أَإِنَّكَ لَأَنْتَ يُوسُفُ قَالَ أَنَا يُوسُفُ وَهَذَا أَخِي قَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Subhanallah. قَالُوا So now they say أَإِنَّكَ لَأَنْتَ يُوسُفُ Right, so they say that are you indeed Yusuf? He said, Ana Yusuf. He said that I am Yusuf. And this is my brother Binyamin. Allah has indeed been gracious to us. Verily he who fears Allah with obedience to him. And is patient and surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes not the reward of the Muhsinun. And here my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Right? The Arabic here is beautiful. Right? In English you will look at it as the following. Are you really? Right? Are you really Yusuf? So now they astonish. Right? Or in Afrikaans. I say Rerah Yusuf. Right? Out of amazement. And what does he say? He says that, yes, I am Yusuf. قَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ He immediately he attributes everything. All that is good to him, he attributes it to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not my power. I am not the one that did. I am not the one that has a brilliant memory. I am not the one that can memorize extremely well. I am not the one that did well in school. I am not the one, the one that has a beautiful business. I brought up my business. No. Right? Allah has been gracious to us. Whatever I've achieved in my life, whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, know that it is because of Allah. It is Allah's power and I did not do this. This is something that we should inculcate into who? Into our lives and the lives of our children. The lives of our families. Never for a moment think that, oh, it is my intelligence 
that has done. It is my power that has made me so rich. Know that all this comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qalu tallahi. They said again, another oath, a qasam. Laqad. Right? That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Laqad atharaka Allahu alayna. Wa in kunna lakhati'in. That indeed Allah has preferred you over us. And we were certainly of those who have sinned. Those that have made errors. Those that have made mistakes. So look at Nabi Yusuf. Subhanallah. Qala la tathriba alaykum al Yaghfirullahu lakum wa huwa arhamur rahimin. So Nabi Yusuf he says, you know what? There is no reproach on you this day. May Allah forgive you and He is the most merciful of those who show mercy. The word tathrib means to be reminded of one's sins and to make someone feel guilty over it. You know what? You did that to me. Right? Two months time. Can you remember what you did? A year's time? Can you still remember? This is tathrib. Right? Reminding them, making them feel guilty all the time. So he says, Qala la tathriba alaykum al-yawm. That there is no reproach today. Yaghfirullahu lakum. That know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may he forgive you. Wa huwa arhamur rahimi. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful, if He is the one that shows the most mercy, what about me? What about us? Right? Can we not show a bit of mercy? Can we not show rahma to people? Something to think about. Ponder. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this verse also, it plays a pinnacle part of the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's life and prophethood. This verse itself, when he marched into Makkah, Fathul Makkah, when he took over Makkah, so you must remember, he was chased out of Makkah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he stood on a hill and he said that had it not been for the Quraysh, had it not been that the Quraysh has chased me out, I would have never left you, O Makkah, because you are the best land on earth. Right? This is how he felt. They killed how many of his companions? They killed his uncle, Hamza. Right? And what happens? When he comes and he conquers Makkah, he stands in Makkah and he speaks. And the Quraysh, right, when he stood on the Kaaba and he called the people and he asked them, what do you think that I'm going to do to you today? So many of them said, right, before he said, he explained to them that you kill many of my followers, you kill many of my family members. They started begging for mercy. They started pleading to him. They said that you are a noble brother. You are a son of a noble brother. You are our family. So what does he do? 
he recites this verse that there is no reproach today right that I am not going to harm you today and this was of the mercy and the rahmah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well اِذْهَبُوا بِقَمِيسِ هَذَا فَأَلْقُوهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي يَأْتِ بَصِيرًا وَأْتُونِي بِأَهْلِكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ So now Nabi Yusuf, he takes his shirt. He gives his shirt to them. He says, go to your father. Go to my father, to our father. And do what? Take the shirt, put it over his face. This will bring back his vision and then he doesn't stop there he says أجمعين, and bring all the whole of your family every single one of your family must come right so here we notice that the shirt it comes often right the shirt started at the beginning of the story with what with the story of the wolf the second time the shirt was mentioned was with the Seducing in the palace. And now for the third time, again, the shirt is mentioned. This time, take my shirt, put it on the face of your father, and what is going to happen to him? He's going to gain back his eyesight. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Subhanallah. So when the caravan departed from Egypt, their father said that I can smell the smell of Yusuf. But only the fact that you will think that I am gone crazy, that you will think that I am gone senile, I would tell you even more, or I would walk out to meet him. Right? Subhanallah. So here, there is a phrase missing. Right? Otherwise, I would do even more. Notice that he smelt the caravan that left Egypt. So Egypt was a thousand miles. Right? Even might not even more. So when he leaves Egypt and he's in Canaan, he says that he smells the scent of Yusuf. This is a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants right fadl. He grants miracles to whomsoever he wills. Qalu tallahi again another oath. Innaka lafi dalalikal qadim. They, the grandchildren and great grandchildren, said that you are indeed in your old ways. You still living in the past. Falamma anja al bashiru al qahu ala wajhi. فَارْتَدَّ بَصِيرًا قَالَ أَلَمْ أَكُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So then when the bearer, right? أَنْجَاءَ الْبَشِيرُ So when the bearer of the glad tidings arrived, he casted the shirt over the face and through the grace and the will of Allah. His eyesight became clear again. And he said, did I not say to you that I know from Allah that which you do not know? Right? So now that prophetic 
that way of Nubuwa is coming out. I told you guys that Yusuf is a lie. Right? Allah granted me knowledge which He did not grant you. So many scholars they say that the word Bashir is actually somebody, right? So it's his name. Bashir here is the same one that came with a bloody shirt in the beginning. Right? Not his name, but the same person that came with the bloody shirt was the same one. Like how the eldest brother, right, was the one that said to not kill him. Is the same brother that felt remorse. Kalu Ya Abana Istawfir Lana Dhunubana Inna Kunna Khatiin. So they said, O our father, ask Allah to forgive us. We have committed an evil sin. So yeah, they say the exact same thing for a second time. They said it to Yusuf. Now they are saying it to their father. Clearly, they are of those that would like to make tawbah now. Now they want to seek Allah's forgiveness. And my beloved brothers, the first step of tawbah, of tawbah and nasuha is what? Acknowledgement of your guilt. Admit that I've committed a sin. Right? Let's use an example of a drug addict. What do they say to someone that's on drugs? The first thing for you to come out of your habit is to admit that you an addict. Admit that you are addicted to something. Once you admit that you're addicted, now we can move forward. So same thing here. Admit that you did wrong and we can move forward. So the father, he says to them, I shall ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. For verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the forgiving, He is the most merciful. Why is he delaying here? Many or pretty much all of the ulama, they say that he's delaying to what? He's delaying to what? To the prayer of Tahajjud. So this seems to be the unanimous opinion of all the scholars. And this is how they understood this. So he says, Qala sawfa, That soon I will seek forgiveness on your people's behalf. And when am I going to do this? At the time of Tahajjud. Now, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam... Remember I said early on I want to share hadith with you later. I want to share this hadith with you now. So what is happening? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? We spoke about istighfar. So know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He descends to the sama'ud dunya. During the third portion of the night. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is in an authentic hadith, found in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim, he says, who is there of my slaves that is seeking my forgiveness? Who is there of my slaves that need something from me? Ask, right, obviously I'm just paraphrasing the hadith. He says, ask and I will indeed do what? Right, ask and I will grant. 
So here the father is saying that I'm going to come in the third part of the night. At the time of tahajjud and then what am I going to do? Then I'm going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your people's forgiveness. Then we will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفَ آوَى إِلَيْهِ أَبَوَيْهِ وَقَالَ دَخُلُوا مِصْرَ إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ آمِنِينَ So when they entered upon Yusuf, he took his parents to himself. He sheltered them. He gave his parents comfort. He said, enter into Egypt with the permission of Allah all of you will be safe. So here we find that the word inshallah is in the name of Allah you shall be safe. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this again is an extremely important lesson now. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said when you make dua don't say inshallah at the end. So I'm sitting here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cure you, inshallah. Have a khata. This is a mistake. Right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you, inshallah. How many times don't we see this on social media? How many times don't we see this on WhatsApp? Right? On Facebook, on Twitter. People send you a message. Right? They make a dua, inshallah. You ask, what are you actually saying? Hey? Right? You are saying that, oh Allah, forgive me, inshallah. If you will, oh Allah, this is, right? Biduni adab. This is not something you would like to speak or attribute to your Rabb, to your Lord. So rather, Right? You are actually saying that, oh Allah, you know what? If you want to, man, forgive me. Right? No. But you, we rather say, oh Allah, forgive me. Amen. Accept this dua. So, right? This is an important thing. Teach people this. That when you make dua, don't say inshallah. Right? Sometimes you find it even amongst who? Amongst ulama. Right? Or so-called learned people. They speak, they make dua, and they say, inshallah. Right? Students of knowledge as well. This is something that we should get out of us. Right? Allah says, وَرَفَعَهْ أَبَوَيْهِ عَلَى الْعَرْشِ وَخَرُّ لَهُ سُجَّدًا وَقَالَ يَا أَبَتِ هَذَا تَأْوِيلُ رُؤْيَايَ مِنْ قَبْلُ قَدْ جَعَلَهَا رَبِّي حَقَّا وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي إذ أخرجني من السجن وجاء بكم من البدو من بعد أن نزغ الشيطان بيني وبين إخوتي إن ربي لطيف لما يشاء إنه هو العليم الحكيم سبحان الله and then he raised his parents to the throne and they fell down before him in prostration and he said oh my father this is the interpretation of my dream from before. My Lord has made it come true. He was indeed good to me when he took me out of the prison. 
and brought you all here out of the Bedouin life. After shaitan had sown enmity between me and my brothers. Certainly my Lord is the most courteous and kind unto whom he wills. Truly he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only he is the all-knowing, the all-wise. So here the first thing we want to look at is lowering the head for respect was something which was allowed in the previous shari'as. Right? This is how you would show respect. In our sharia, this is haram. Right? To make sujood to someone else, to lower your head to someone else, this is not permissible. That's why many of the ulama, they have a problem with what? Sport. What? Karate because of? The bowing, right? So they say, no, but this is out of respect and this and that. But our Sharia says that even out of respect, you don't do it. So this also teaches us a lesson of what? In what group, in what sect do you find this quite common? Right? Amongst the Sufis. Amongst, right, the Parilvis. That when they come and they see their peer, they see their sheikh, what do they do? They bow, they go into sujood. So then they, they use examples like this. They say, but Nabi Yusuf, they, he allowed it. And he was a Nabi. But this is past. The Sharia came. Certain things from the Sharia was kept. Certain things from the Sharia was changed. This is one of them. That you cannot make sujood for another human being. Even if it is out of respect, according to them. This is totally haram. So here the ayah says that he put his parents on the throne. And we already said the strongest opinion is that his mother had passed on by now. So here we find that his father married his auntie, his mother's sister. So this is allowed. right? When his mother was alive, obviously... It was haram for him to be married to two sisters at the same time. But once she passed away, there's nothing wrong with him marrying the sister. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them both parents. Where in fact, actually, this is, right, and the Arabic word for mother-sister is khala. Right, this is the Arabic word. So, the Prophet sallallahu he taught us that the khala, that the mother's sister, yani fi manzilatil um, is like in the place of the mother. So this is what position the your mother's sisters or sister holds, and you should honor them, right? And we find the hadith is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, that the mother's sister has the same rank as the mother. And Allah knows best. So Yusuf, he says, O oh my father, this is the actualization of my dream. This is the dream that we saw many years ago. How many years has passed? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows alone. Some of the scholars say up to 45 years has passed by now. 
So he says that my Lord has made it a certainty. As we said, the dreams of the prophets are all true. Right? The dream of the Anbiya, the dreams of the prophets are true. And we discussed dreams previously. So we're not going to discuss this in much detail tonight. So he says, after shaitan caused problems between me and my brothers. Again, he's recounting the favors of Allah. And of the biggest favors is that they are all one family. A united family. And Islam, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is what Islam wants. Islam wants the family to be united. Islam wants the family to be one, to stand together. And see what he says. He doesn't blame his brothers. He doesn't say, you know what? That this one did that and that one did that. He said that shaitan came between us and shaitan split us. The same thing goes. right? That sometimes we have what? That sometimes we have an ummah. We have a group. We have a brotherhood. And for whatever reason they split. Don't blame this one and don't blame that one. Right? But rather it is shaitan that came in between us and split us. It is shaitan. And here Nabi Yusuf he alludes to this and he says that it is shaitan that split us up. Then he says that my Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is latif. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, he is latif to whomsoever he pleases. The word Latif, as you know, it is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the beautiful names to use here. So Nabi Yusuf, he is saying that my Lord is Latif to whomsoever he pleases. And the word Latif actually means the one who is aware of the most intricate and the most hidden secrets. You know those dark, dark secrets? That only you know. And nobody else besides who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all have that. That we've not told anyone. Right? You did something. Not even the wife. Not even the children. Nobody knows this. Except you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, Rabbi qad ataytani min al-mulki. وَعَلَّمْتَنِي مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ فَاطِرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَنْتَ وَلِي فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ تَوَفَّنِي مُسْلِمًا وَأَلْحِقَنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ So Nabi Yusuf he says, O oh Allah, O oh my Lord, you have indeed bestowed upon me of the worlds, right? You have given me mulk. And you've taught me the interpretation of dreams. The only creator of the heavens, Fati. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are my wali. You are my protector. Right? Allah azza wa jal, he is our protector. He is our supporter. He is our guardian. In this world and in the year after. Cause me to die as a believer, as a Muslim. And join me with the Salihin, with the righteous. 
So some people they have misunderstood this verse to mean that Nabi Yusuf was asking for his own death. This is not true. One of the scholars of the past even said that no one of the righteous ever wished for death other than Yusuf. Because he is saying, Tawafani Musliman, that caused me to die. Majority of the ulama, they've refuted this, and they say that this is a misunderstanding. Why? The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, None of you should wish for death because life of the believer is nothing but good. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he says in another hadith, whatever good happens to you, then this is khair, this is good, and this is from Allah. And whatever bad also, then have sabr, for this also is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thalika, that this is min amba'il ghayb, this is the news of the ghayb. Nuhihi ilayk, that which we revealed by inspiration. وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ أَجْمَعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَمْكُرُونَ وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَوْ حَرَسْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ So now basically the story of Nabi Yusuf has come to the end. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is of the news of the ghayb which we revealed by inspiration to you, O Muhammad. You were not present with him. With who? With who? With Nabi Yusuf. He wasn't there, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they arranged their plan together, and also while they were plotting. But we inspired you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and most of mankind will not believe, even if you desire it eagerly. So the Quraysh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would come to them. Like same story of what? The Isra and the Mi'raj. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came back, they went to Abu Bakr. They told Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, you know, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's gone crazy, he's gone mad. Right? How can he go from Makkah to Jerusalem? Right? There was no Emirates, there was no Saudi at that time. There was no jets. And he came back the same night. Ah, something not right to them. Abu Bakr radiallahu went to the Prophet and he asked, did you say this? He said, yes. He said, that I believe you. So now imagine the story of Nabi Yusuf as well. Where are you coming with this, O Muhammad? So Allah says, Nuhihi ilayk, that we inspired them. وَمَا تَسْأَلُهُمْ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ this is despite the fact that you are not asking them for any reward in them. You are not asking them for any worldly benefit. This is only as a reminder for the whole of humanity. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونَ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَا مُعْرِضُونَ وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, And how many a sign in the heavens and the earth they pass by? Right? Tell them to look at the heavens. Tell them to look at the skies. أَفَلَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ 
Have a look at how the she camel was created. And how the skies are being kept up. Is there pillars keeping the skies? Is there pigs in the mountains that's keeping the mountains down? Is there someone that's controlling the waves in the sea? Let them have a look at this. And know that they are averse to this. And most of them do not believe in Allah. Except that they attribute partners unto Him. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, I want to highlight something here. You know we live in a time, we live in a society that people always say, yeah, but the majority is correct. The majority is this. And the Prophet ﷺ and his companions and the tabi'een, they showed us that even one person can be a jama'ah. Two people can be a jama'ah if they're on haq. And most of the time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ That many of the people disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many of the people disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's majority. Right, so sometimes we need to think about this whole concept of majority. أَفَأَمِنُوا أَن تَأْتِيَهُمْ غَاشِيَةٌ مِنْ عَذَابِ اللَّهِ أَوْ تَأْتِيَهُمُ السَّاعَةِ بَغْتَةً وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ Do they feel, do they then feel secure from the coming against them of the covering, veil of the torment of Allah? or of the coming against them of the final hour, all of a sudden, right? Baghdatan, wahum la yash'urun. While they perceive it not. And this is exactly what happened. Look at the people of Ad. Look at the people of Thamud. Look at Fir'aun. Look at Haman. Look at Qarun. What happened to them? They were the richest, they were the mightiest. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? He destroyed them with winds. He destroyed one of them with a mosquito. He destroyed Fir'aun by splitting the sea. Never ever walk on this earth. Never ever think that you are mighty. And never disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the truth has come to you, accept the truth. Allah then says, كُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَنِي وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Say, O Muhammad, كُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ Say, O Muhammad, that this is my way. كُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ That this is my way. Ad'u ilallah. Call, invite people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember in the second or the third lesson, I said that I will speak about, more about calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under this verse. That call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with wisdom. Call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with knowledge. Right? This is important my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ballihu anni walaw ayah. Wahadithu an bani Israel. Wala haraj. Wa man kathaba alayya muta'amidan fal yatabawwa mak'adahu. Inna. So calling people without knowledge, 
right? Is a problem. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that, بَلِّغُ أَنِّي وَلَوْ آيَةً Convey from me, even if it is one verse, even if it is one message, but with knowledge. You find certain groups, they go out, they leave their homes, they leave their families, but many of the things is based without knowledge. Their teaching, their calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is without knowledge. And this is why, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is another point, when he sent Mu'adh to Yemen, what was the first thing he told Mu'adh radiyallahu an? That when you call the people, you call the people to what? To make salah. Yes or no? Yes. No. He called the people first to tawheed. He said that they must first worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. None has a right to be worshipped except Allah. Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the messenger of Allah. Once the people have established the tawheed, now you call them to salah. Once they've established salah, now you call them to Ramadan, to fasting. Once they established, so one thing leads to the other. But what do we do? We find certain groups. We find certain methodologies, certain ways, certain people. Tawheed is the last thing they call to. No, we must first win the people over. No, we must first, you know, let's sit nicely. Let's all hold hands. Once we've all done this, maybe in 5, 10 years, 15 years. What if the people die on shirk? What if they die on bid'ah? Are you going to take that responsibility to stand in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamah and say that I told him that Tawheed was for later? No. So call people with the true understanding of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا أَرُسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ إِلَّا رِجَالًا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِمْ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكُرَى أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَيَنْذُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاكِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ وَلَدَارُ الْآخِرَةِ خَيْرٍ لِلَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا أَفَلَا تَعْكِلُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And we sent not before you as messengers anyone but men. So the messengers, they are men, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nuh, Adam, Isa, Musa, Harun, all of the messengers, they were but men. But Allah says that, what type of men were they? They were men that we inspired them with. From among the people of townships, have they not traveled through the earth? Allah is posing the question. And have you not seen, فَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَانْذُرُوا Travel the world, travel the earth. Have you not seen what happened to the nations before you? And verily, the home of the year after is the best for those who fear Allah and obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you then not understand? Allah is posing a question. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, حَتَّى إِذَا اسْتَيْأَسَ الرُّسُلُ وَظَنُّوا أَنَّهُمْ قَدْ Right? Allah says, then we, or they were deprived. حَتَّى إِذَا Until the messengers, right? الرُّسُلُ وَظَنُّوا That gave up hope and thought that they were denied. قَدْ كُذِبُوا جَاءَهُمْ نَصْرُنَا Right, that, and then came to them our help and whomsoever we willed were delivered. 
and our punishment cannot be warded off from the people who are the mujrimun. They are the people that are criminals. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He ends off and He says that indeed in the, their stories, the stories of the Anbiya, there is a lesson for men of understanding. So people of understanding, they will understand the stories. And the Quran is not a forged statement, but it is a confirmation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existing books and other scriptures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a detailed explanation of everything and a guide and a mercy for the people who believe. This brings us to the end of Surah Yusuf. And we see how beautifully Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the beginning and the end He links together. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say at the beginning? نَحْنُ نَقُسُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنُ That this is the best of stories. And at the end He said لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ that indeed in their stories there is an ayah. Right? There is lessons for people. And this is the present tense here and it is also in the past tense because now the story has finished. So the third ayah was present tense and now we are in the past tense. So Allah is saying that in their stories there was kana. It's like a type of past. In the beginning Allah is saying Pay attention to the story. And now at the end he's saying that the story has passed. We've reached the end, alhamdulillah, of Surah Yusuf. It's been a long journey. There's been quite a long break. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our efforts. Everything I have said that is correct and authentic of the interpretation of the surah is all from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything I have said that was incorrect, a mistake, an incorrect judgment, is all of this is from my whisperings and the whisperings of shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger has nothing to do with these mistakes. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings, to forgive our sins. And inshallah, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, next week we will be starting the fiqh of fasting in preparation for Ramadan. My intention was 